0: Journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adel Kazilski Mondays at 1pm for the Trip of a Lifetime. Well indeed, it has been a trip of a lifetime and it is Monday at 1. So welcome, welcome. I'm Adel Kazilski. I'm glad to be back. Um, it's been... Of over a month um, of celebration of celebrating, you know, with 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 all the high festivals. I hope each and every one of you had a an inspiring Yom and and it's very interesting. You know, we talk about having the trip of a lifetime. We are going to be tripping through the Book of Bereshit, but one of the Hasidic ideas is is that the month of Tishrei is full of inspiration. That we we go through. Uh, feelings of awe, of being connected to God, and then we go and enjoy our company with God in the Sukkah. Um, and then we dance with His Torah, and we start learning the Torah all over again. Um, we've just gone and read the Parsha of Bereshit. We're going to start again from the beginning. And one of the lessons that uh, Hasidic thought teaches us is that what we should do during the month of Tishrei is pack all the inspiration into a suitcase, and then we go back and we unpack the suitcase as we go through the year, and we, we glean from the inspiration, and we keep that inspiration as a focus throughout the year. So, yes, I'm very, very glad to be back, and I'm glad that, yes, uh, you guys, I can see some SMSs coming through now. I'm glad that you guys are back, and we are going to be learning together. We're going to actually pick up from what where we were last time, and that is the book of Genesis. You know, the book of Genesis. We're in the parsha of VaYishlach, and we are round about chapter 32. We're going to pick up on verse 25. Just to have a quick preview of where we were, Jacob is returning back to the land of Israel with his wives, with his children. Um, he got chased by Laban, he got rid of Laban, he made a peace treaty with Laban, and then he landed having to prepare himself with the meeting of Asa. And he sent a whole lot of uh, politically um, good good way uh, where well, he did a very good political move by sending gifts and trying through diplomacy to calm down Asaph, because remember Asaph still wanted to kill him um, he has separated his family he's prepared himself for war he's put his family into two camps and the night before uh, he is he's going to meet Asaph physically he crosses over the river that he had crossed over to save his family, to pick up a couple of things that he had left behind and he lands up going to war with an angel, and I think that where we left off before the holidays was that um, <clears throat> we hear that he fights with the angels the entire night. He's having this this, this seeming it look it, it, the way the Torah describes it—a fight with this angel. It says that um, they wrestled heave. That they wrestled, and that comes from the word abak, which means dust. Means literally, their battle made dust fly. They had it, it was such a hectic uh, argument. What happens? Vayar, and we now we're going to look at verse twenty-five. Vayar ki lo yachol lo, um, the man whom he's fighting against could could not defeat him. They could not defeat Yaakov. Yaakov was incredibly strong. Vajiga Yerecho, he strikes him in the socket of his hip. Vateka Yerech Behaafko Imo and Yaakov's hip joint becomes dislocated from wrestling with this man. So what do we have over here? Why why would he go and damage his hip joint? And why is the Torah telling us this? And what significance is this for us? Well, firstly, we know that why was Yaakov, um, unconquerable? Why couldn't an angel, gee, an angel comes from God, it should have the ability to, 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 to succumb and get those, um, those that are on the physical realm should be able to, to, to beat them up, right? Why couldn't Yaakov? So we are told in the Midrash that Yaakov was actually wearing his talus and tefillin. He was wearing um, the prayer shawl, which we call the talit, and the tefillin, which are phylacteries. And that is why he couldn't overcome him. How do we know you can't overcome him when a man wears tallit and tefillin? Because it says in Devarim, in Deuteronomy, in chapter 28, verse 10, when it talks about the tefillin, it says, all the nations of the earth will see that God's name is associated with you, and they will fear you. Um, and so the rabbis derive from there that wearing tallis and fillin, um spiritually strengthens the Jewish people, strengthens each and every Jew, and makes us unconquerable. Now, what's really, really interesting about this, and that we can bring this down into modern times, was that when um, we were being threatened with the, I think it was the Yom Kippur War. Or maybe I am wrong. It could have been the Six Day War. It was actually the Six Day War. I apologize, the Six Day War. Um, and we 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 were in a very very difficult situation. And if you read about the Six Day War from a military point of view, um, we were so surrounded with with the nations that wanted to kill us, the Arab nations that wanted to kill us, that we should have been decimated in 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 hours. And um, we didn't have the physical capabilities, didn't have the military prowess or the power. To overcome um, the, the, the the nations that surrounded the small land of Israel. At that point in time, just before the Lubavitcher Rebbe of Blessed Memory, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who was head of the Chabad movement, called on his followers to go out and put tefillin on each and every Jewish person um, that they could find. And so the camp the Tfillin campaign um, was launched. It's something that is an insignia of Chabad Lubavitch till today that you will see in various places, um, public places and events and wherever you will probably find a Lubavitcher, they will always offer to put on tefillin on men and the Rebbe quoted this verse that when the nations of the earth will see God's name is associated with you they will fear you and so they ramped up the tefillin campaign in an extraordinary manner, and got and tried as much as possible to get each and every single Jew, not only in the land of Israel, but everywhere else, to put on in And as you can say, the rest is history. We had a stunning, stunning victory against absolutely all odds militarily, um, and we not only won the Six Day War, but we captured Jerusalem and got Jerusalem back into our hands after two thousand years. So this is really where um, we, 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 we understand the power of Talus and Tefillin, um, and this was what Yaakov was wearing and even an angel, a powerful angel that should have far more power than a man down here on earth, um, because he wore it, he managed to overcome this angel. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Right, we are discussing the, the, the fight that Yaakov had with the angel. And our question is, why did he hit him? Why did he strike him in the hip joint? And also there's an argument as... How did, he, how did he strike him? Did he break his hip joint or did he uh, dislocate it? There's various various arguments. The question is why, though the hip joint. Why not say that he gave him, a, you know, a smack and broke his ribs or dislocated his hand? Why the hip joint? Well, one of the reasons given. Well, there's a few reasons given. One was that um, Jacob had to um, feel some pain. Because the hip joint is right near the, his, uh, the 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 reproductive organs of a man, and this was because he violated one of Torah's commandments of marrying two sisters. It's an uh, an offence of a sexual nature, and therefore that is why the the angel hit him over there. There can be other arguments that we we did argue previously that um, it wasn't against Torah because Torah wasn't given, but this was this is one opinion. Another opinion is that in those days it was a custom to carry important documents tied to the hip, and this angel was trying to grab the contract um, that that Jacob was holding in his hip. And what contract was that? Was the one that Esau had signed as a um, that that he had sold his birthright. So he touched Jacob on the hip to see if he could feel it, and then he tried to snatch it and tear it up. And so when they were having this whole fight, his hip got damaged. Having said all of that, one of the things that um, has a repercussion much later to everybody all the way to today is that we Jewish people are very, very careful not to um, eat the sinew that was touched. It's called the gid HaNasheh. And today, if you are eating kosher meat, you have to ensure that um, you're only eating of the fore quarter, um, not the hind quarter, because we are very, very careful that we do not um, we do not eat it simply because Yaakov um, Yaakov got hit in that place. But before we take leave of this whole story, we can also ask ourselves the question as to how can, anyway, a mortal man land up defeating an angel. Like, it really, really doesn't make sense. And the Midrash goes on and explains that um, the way we understand it is the way we have to understand how angels functions. When God sends an angel into the physical world, the angel has to disguise itself as a human being and therefore it doesn't, uh, and, and it's because it, it can't defy the laws of nature. We've seen this a few times and we've seen the vice versa of it as well. That when an angel comes into the physical plane, it acts physically. Example, when uh, the three angels came to visit Abraham, Abraham, they joined him for dinner. Right As we saw when we learned Parshas Vayera. So there were three angels. They didn't come as angels. They came as three uh, wayfarers that were tired, that were hungry, that had dust on their feet. And that's what they had to do. The vice versa also is true. When Moses went up to heaven to receive the Torah, what are we told? He was there for 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate nor slept because he divested himself of the physicality, and he lived spiritually. And so, this is how we understand it um, now, that this angel that uh, Yaakov was fighting um, with, it was Esau's angel, but he took on a physical form, and that's why they were wrestling so much that they were brawling all over the floor, Um, Yaakov got hurt, dust was flying, etc., etc., now we know that um, this entire fight between Yaakov and this angel that was dressed up as a man was really a metaphorical fight in so far as the angel represented Esau and his descendants and the 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 prophecy there this this metaphorical um argument was over the fact that throughout history Jewish people will always land up getting into um, in, in or, or being attacked by Asaph's descendants the nations of this world and they will be very very powerful and there will be a lot of uh, wrestling there'll be a lot of fighting there'll be there'll will, there will be casualty but at the end of the day, Yaakov will come up on top, and how how true is that, and how real is that, in so far as we can see that we have been in the Galut of Edom, in, in the, um, the diaspora, in the exile of the descendants of Esav, he was known as Edom, the Christian world, how many trials and tribulations the Jewish people have gone through. The Crusaders, the Spanish Inquisition, the Khmelniki uprisings, the the, the 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 difficulties in Russia, the the Holocaust. If you actually understand the magnitude of the wrestle that the Jewish people have had in the Galuts, in the exile, by all by all standards, we should have been wiped out long time ago. But while we've got beaten down. We've always come up. And that is the secret of the survival of the Jewish people. Because why? Because God promised Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov that we will be a light unto the nations and we, we, we are guaranteed our existence. And so we are here today in 2021. Really close on over more than 4,000 years since our forefathers have received the, the blessings from God. Um, and we have wrestled tremendously, and we have struggled tremendously and we have been on the annihilation list so many times. But at the end of the day, um, Israel will come on top, and um, this is what we see now after them brawling the entire night interestingly um, they 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 fight at night time, and now, when you 're going to see the angel talking to um, to to Yaakov, he says, I need to go now because it's daybreak. And this is, again, um, a hint to the fact that our galut will be like night time. It will be dark. It will be a dark time for the Jewish people while they meander through all the nations of the world trying to bring goodness and kindness, trying to be a light unto the nation, trying to elevate God's world in all the corners of the world. But there will come a time when the dawn will break and um, the the annihilation and the ability for the, the 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 enemies of Israel to destroy them will come to an end. So let's look in verse twenty seven. Vayyomer, this stranger, this angel, this person that he's fighting with says, "Shalcheni, let me go. Ki ala because the dawn is breaking." and so Yaakov says to him, Lo Ashalecha, I will not let you go ki im unless you bless me. Now this is really a uh, a, a very uh, like it's 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 gobsmacking. Can you imagine you going into a, an alleyway and somebody wants to try and kill you? and you're fighting for your life and you fight and you go down and you go and get up and you fight and you get him down and he gets up and you have a brawl the entire night and finally it looks as if the guy has succumbed you have managed to get rid of the guy who wants to kill you the guy says let me go I need to go, I'm done, I want to run away and you say to him no I'm not letting you go before you go bless me like how how ridiculous is that statement? And so our rabbis ask a lot of questions about it, and there's a tremendous amount to learn from it. Firstly, um, why was the angel saying now, when the, the dawn is breaking, that he needs to go? Well, the answer there is is that we know, and we learned this right back in, in Bereshit that God created um, angels. There's hosts of angels or different angels. And the job of angels is to sing praise to God and each each group of angels have different appointed times Now obviously this angel had an appointed time and it was his time to sing praise in heaven So he said let me go because I have to go back up to heaven to sing praises to Hashem So that is the reason why that angel said that and um, Yaakov knew he was fighting with an angel. So what we're actually understanding right now is that Yaakov understood that he was really fighting with an enemy of his, but it really was a spiritual enemy, and it was something he had to go through in order to give the Jewish people the spiritual power to to remain strong throughout Galut. But because he was an angel, because he was going to sing praise to God, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me, and I will just hold on to you. And what was he demanding? He was demanding that um, Abraham bless him, um, that, that 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 the angel blesses him. Sorry, the way that Abraham demanded the angels to bless them. The angel went back and said, "Well, I can't bless you because I was not sent down to bless you. When the angels blessed Abraham, there was an angel who was commanded to bless Abraham. I cannot." And they argued backwards and forwards over the blessing, which we will see now as we go through the, the next couple of verses, how that all pans out. But I want to take a much deeper look at this comment of er Ki Ala HaShachar He says, let me go because dawn is breaking. Lo ki Im Bechartani And I will not let you go until you bless me. This is something that I heard from Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, who's very, very well known in the Jewish world, he brings an incredible concept that he bases on various Torah um, explanations, and this is it -- is that in life, as Jewish people, against our enemies, but as Jewish people, in everything that we do, and not even as Jewish people, as human beings, we fight. We are given challenges. We are given obstacles. We are given difficulties in our life. And there are times that life, it feels like it's nighttime. It feels like it's dark. It feels like we don't have the ability to overcome um, our, our trials and our tribulations. But as human beings, we have, we have the need to survive. We have the need to overcome. And so we box on. We fight. There does come times. When you see the light at the end of the tunnel You overcome your challenge You overcome your difficulty Or there is a finality but there is a light At the end of the tunnel Says Rabbi Jacobson And this is what I think is absolutely so powerful The most important thing When one has gone through the trial and tribulation Is to say to the trial and tribulation Bless me What does that mean? It means that In truth, all our trials, all our tribulations, our challenges, our obstacles are blessings. We might not enjoy them. We might not like them. We might not want them. They might be very, very painful. But there is a meaning behind them. God is not just a cruel entity that just wants to punish people. God gives us our trials and tribulations because they're there as a vehicle through which we are to ask, what is it that I have to learn from this? What should I do further? What can I glean? And how can I come out on the other side a better person? And so when one comes to the point where one has fought and struggled and been challenged and we're about to overcome and the dawn is breaking... We need to ask our challenges to bless us, to give us the insight to see that they were in fact blessings, that we emerge from them victorious. And sometimes emerging from victorious doesn't mean that, yeah, you just bashed it down and you won. Maybe it, it, it can be that, but it's far deeper than that. Sometimes we come out bruised, right? We come out with our hip dislocated. We come out with the... The, the the consequences of war, but we come out much stronger, much better, much more connected, much much more uh, spiritually open to understanding the lessons that we had to learn. And that, I think, is the biggest blessing, the biggest lesson. It's an incredibly powerful lesson that we go through the difficulties and then say, what did those difficulties teach me and how can I be different now? Because, in fact, those difficulties were blessings. I know for myself, personally, looking at back at my trials and tribulations, and I've had some, 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 some very big ones, and sometimes some small ones, they're all there. When I look back, I'm grateful for them, because they have been lessons in life. And so this is what Yaakov was saying. I'm not going to let you go until you promise to bless me. This struggle that we had the entire night wasn't for naught. It wasn't just a wild Western story, you know, where, you know, try to get the good to fight the evil. This was a lesson about coming out stronger, more spiritually aware, more, 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 more connected to God. So when he says to the angel, no, I'm not letting you go until you bless me, the angel says, Vayomer Elav, this is verse 28, Mashamecha, what is your name? Vayomer Yaakov. And he replies, my name is Yaakov. And what does the angel reply back to him? Vayomer, he says, Lo Yaakov Yeemar Od Shimcha, your name and um, will not be spoken as Yaakov anymore. Kiim Yisrael. But you are going to be called Israel. Yisrael. Kisariti im Elohim. Because you fought. You, 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 wrestled with God. Ve'im Anashim. And with men. Ve'tuchal. And you won. Again, unbelievably powerful name. A power, a pow- powerful Message over here. So basically, he takes the name of Jacob and he changes it to Israel. And very interesting. Today we are not known as Bnei Yaakov as the children of Yaakov, even though we are truly the children of Yaakov. We are the children of the sons of Yaakov, right? The twelve nation, the twelve tribes of Israel. We are called Bnei Israel, the children of Israel. Um, The land is called the land of Israel. Israel became Yisrael became a very very powerful word, a very very powerful uh, name that that we use. Where, what does Yisrael come from? So, um, firstly, let's just have a look at what he said about him being great. It said, "Ki sariti im Elokim ve'im anashim." You you were you were you were made, you were meant to struggle. You were meant to contend. Um, with with God and and man and you overcame, right? So basically, what he was saying is that you have been imbued with a power to overcome the trials, the tribulations, and the difficulties that um, that you will you will be given. You will be able to overcome with it. Um, there's also The idea that Yisrael comes from Yashar El, which means that you're 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 honest with God. Yaakov comes from Akav, which means trickery. Okay, so what was Yaakov's persona until then? Yaakov's persona was that no, he tricked Laban, he tricked he tricked um, Esav. Even though we know all of that isn't true, now everybody will know that. Yeshar El, that you are an upright man, you are connected to God and that is how you are going to know who you really are. This is 101.9 High FM. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We have a question um, that has just come in, can angels come in the form of humans known to us or will they always be strange to us and not humans we can identify ourselves with? Well, that's a very, very difficult question because I don't know what goes on in uh, the world of angels. But there have been many, many, many stories where um, you, you will you will see people describe situations where somebody comes to help them, or somebody did a favor for them, or somebody did something, and then they suddenly disappear. There are times that. If I guess, if you are spiritually sensitive enough, will understand that maybe that this is something greater than just a human being helping. Most times we don't, and only with 2020 vision do we understand and can we see that this, in fact, was an angel. Um, You know what's coming into my mind just very, very quickly is that there once was, there is the famous story of um, of Chevron. The city of Hebron, we know we've been studying now with in, in, in our Bible studies, was the place where Abraham lived, um, where Yitzchak lived, um, King David lived, um, uh, Yaakov came, came and went from there. It's been a city that has been very much part of the Jewish people forever and ever, and of course, Abraham bought the Maratha Machpela there and buried uh, Sarah there, and all our forefathers are buried there. The story is told. I'm not exactly sure at what time. I think it was the early 1920s or 1930s, that um, there was very, very few Jewish people in 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 Hebron, and it was coming the the, the night of Yom Kippur, and um, they were short of a minion. In fact, they needed they needed um, they needed one more person. And these nine poor Jews didn't know where to find another person and they decided to leave the synagogue and go and try find another, an, an, another Jew to make up the minion so they could dub in Yom Kippur. Anyway, they, they'd all left the shore and one of the guys bumped into some guy that was trudging along the road and he said, say, are you Jewish? Can you come help us? Can you come make part of the minion for Yom Kippur? And that this, this beggar agreed and he came, he came in and he helped them um, with the minion over Yom Kippur. When Yom Kippur finished, um, the man invited this beggar to come break the fast, and for some unknown reason, I can't remember the exact um, details of the story, the guy said no, or he had walked out before, you know, the rest of them had walked out, and they could never, ever, ever find them out. And what transpired later, I think it was through a dream or something like that, was that in fact that beggar was Abraham Avinu himself. It was Abraham himself who felt sorry for the nine Jews in Hebron, that they couldn't make up a minion. And so he came and he took a physical form. So coming back, can angels come in the form of humans known to us? Maybe. But I, 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 would, I, I would conjecture that, that they, they come and go. So I wouldn't say that, for example, uh, my brother, my mother, my sister, or somebody that you know very well that's around all the time is there, and they're an angel. they are they're, they're souls that are here in this physical world. But when somebody comes in and somebody goes out, and then they absolutely disappear, then that is, again, you've got to ask yourself the question, what happened? um just just because we're on the subject another story comes in and this is a personal story it didn't happen to me it happened to my son but a a a very quick précis of the story my son <clears throat> um was once a counselor to a camp of boys um that were were on 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 summer vacation and they were found just outside cape town and um on the friday morning the councillors, including my son, went into Cape Town to p- collect provisions for Shabbos, and uh, they were making their way back to the campsite, which was outside Cape Town, about an, uh, an hour away, an hour's drive away. And they got caught in a traffic jam that was so bad, I don't know, there was an accident on the road, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Time was ticking by. They couldn't. They could see they wouldn't make it uh, in time for Shabbos, so they decided to take the next off ramp off and to park the car. And to walk the rest of the way to to the campsite without the food, can you imagine? They, they, had, they had about like 30 boys that they had to feed. Anyway, they took the the closest off ramp off, and it happened. Happened. Divine providence had happened. That just off the off ramp there was a police station. They figured this is the best place to stop because you know probably the car would be the safest. They stopped at the police station. They came into the police station. They told the constable and the, the police guys what had happened and that they cannot. Take the food to the campsite And that they're leaving the food the, the food there And they'll come collect the car afterwards The kind co- um, um, constable and his fellow guy said No, what we'll do is we'll follow you home One of us will drive the car, your car To the campsite so the boys can get the food And, and, and one of us will follow you while you're walking It's very dark, it's very dangerous It was in the middle of the bundu And we'll ensure your safe passage The boys agreed, and that's what happened. They arrived eventually at the campsite, um, something like nine o'clock at night. They, 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 the guys, the the constables opened up the car doors. The boys got the food out, and my son and the other council said thank you to the constables and took down their their names, and, and thanked them for the incredible thing they had done. The long and the short of it is on Sunday morning, the the, the councillors and my son decided that they should actually go say thank you and go get a gift, and so they made their way to the police station, and when they came to the police station, they said, can they see constable, I don't know what his name was, and the guy looked and he said, constable who? He said, no, we're looking for constable blah, 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 and his friend blah, 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 because they helped us on Friday night, and the, the guy behind the counter said, you guys are dreaming, there are no such constables working at this police station. We could only only surmise after this whole story that Eliyahu Navi came to save the boys uh, and save the camp and save them because they, they 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 were dedicated to keeping Shabbos. So here's another story, uh, a modern day story um, that uh, that came to fruition, and literally there was no no policeman by that name at that police station ever again. This is 101.9 High one point nine Chai FM. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, we got just a couple of minutes, so let us just finish off this story by Yishal Yaakov. Yaakov's then said to him, because he gave Yaakov gave the angel his name, right? Now it's Yaakov's chance. By Yomir, Hagida Shemecha, please tell me your name, he asked. Uh, Yaakov, Vayomer, like and the stranger, this angel said, Lamaze tishal Why are you even asking my name, Vayivarech Tosham? He just blessed him. So, why didn't the angel give him a name? Because an angel doesn't have a name. Okay, the angel said, you know we don't have fixed names. We are named according to our mission. So, if we are sent, if God sends an angel to Cure, to cure a sick person, then the angel's name becomes Raphael, because that comes from Rafa to heal. If an angel is sent to help, which is to Azar, to help, then it's called Azriel. So their names change constantly, and therefore he said to Yaakov, I cannot tell you my name, it will be of no use to you, because tomorrow it will be changed. More than that, the midrash goes and says that you cannot give names to angels because then you start believing in the angel as opposed to be believing in 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 in, in, in with God. You know, you stop believing in God. So that was it. He blessed him and he said to him, "Your name will no longer be Jacob it will Be Israel. Israel is a symbol of being strong and honest and connected to God." And finally. What we see over here is by Yaakov Yakov Shem Hamakom Piniel. names the place where he has this fight with the angels. Piniel, white right. Piniel, Kiraita Elokim Panem El Panim. I saw God face to face, Pan Piniel is a face, El is a god, and my soul withstood it. And so this concludes then the fight that Yakov has with this incredibly interesting angel, and please go on next week. We will now see how he physically encounters Aesop. So until next week, have a super, super week ahead, and uh, we'll be here, same time, same place.